I'm in a glass case of emotion as I go ahead and discuss the biggest games going on right now. When I say the biggest games, I mean Avengers Endgame. No spoilers here. No spoilers. Completely talking out of context of what's going on, respectfully waiting until the next episode. But what will be discussed in full detail is the latest episode of Game of Thrones, because at this point, it's been at least 24, 48 hours, and I mean, come on. If you haven't seen the shit, then it's an hour and a half, whereas Endgame is like three. Then, of course, I speak upon movies to look forward to, what's going on in sports, and of course, an interesting, interesting new game that's relatively old now, but I mean, depends on what you consider old. This is the next installment of Bombastic. What's up, guys? This is your host, Imani Wilson, and welcome to another edition of the Bombastic Podcast. Uh, Please feel free to take this time to go ahead and subscribe over to my channel and also click the notification bell to get weekly updates of this pod where you can view it here on YouTube and anywhere in which you listen and tune into your audio podcast. So welcome, guys. It's another week. Um, I'm feeling blue. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm feeling blue. Uh, I say I'm feeling blue because April is gone. It's just like it's one of my two favorite months of the year is April and October. So I got another six months to my favorite time of the year. And, you know, it feels like a blur. It's, you know, it's the last day of April. Um, and God damn it. I knew I knew this particular month was going to be crazy because of everything happening with it. And I've just so far cannot say I've been disappointed. I just feel bad because it's not like I can go into next month and say like, oh, next month is April part two. No, it's gonna be bad. So with that being said, you know, I guess I just feel like, fuck, my birthday came and gone, you know, 420 came and gone, blazed its fucking self through. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and try to hat backwards, see if that makes me look a little more cool. Um, you know, all the things I knew that were going to be big this month were pretty much big. You know, um, Shazam was big. You know, Game of Thrones, come on. Endgame, come on. You know, so I just knew these things were going to be monumental for the month of April. So it just feels like, you know, a chapter is done and now we just have to move forward and pick up the pieces. But speaking of picking up the pieces, I have to go ahead and make my observations as always. What what the fuck is up with with like these weird overdone poses on instagram like i look at these fucking like like your average post on instagram is typically either a some girl you know who just uses her instagram like it's a fucking personal mirror that she just wants to let the whole fucking world know that she's using herself like that's just weird as fuck to me like, like I have some, like, I, I know one girl that I follow now, God bless you, she seems like a, like, she seems like a sweetheart, um, literally, whenever she posts something, it's, like, always, uh, a video like this, now, mind you, mind you, there could be, like, a building on fucking fire in the background, and, like, someone screaming in a language no one understands, and she would still just be like this, like, this is where I am, I mean, like, she'll be in the club, same fucking thing. She'll be at again a fucking restaurant. And it's the same fucking thing. Like, what the fuck like like why do you girls do that? I'm just curious to know. Do 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 you feel like it's like your job to let your followers know like hey, I'm here right now doing something? Like I get it, you're at a party, it's dope. 
But my thing is, wouldn't you be having a lot more funny fun? Excuse me, a lot more fun at the party if you were just enjoying it and not showing other people online that you were enjoying it. Like I get it if you're a party promoter and that's like your job to tell people like yo it goes down here you should be here often when it goes down but otherwise it's like why are you necessarily showing us video of that it's fucking odd and then even more so and this is just like again just interesting observations then when you when you go ahead and get the types who um who also then let's say are out with their friends and they go ahead and like go ahead and show like another like you know cute chick or another chick that they're with and then and then you see like a hint of like some dude's shoulder like right here in the shot show that dude put my man's on the cam bro like, 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 what's up with that? Give that man his, like, two seconds to be able to be counted. Because otherwise, granted, we saw you and your cute friends. That's nice. Show that dude. Because you guys are all out to dinner. Why can't you show the guy? That's not being equal. That's not being fair. Show the dude. Unless he's one of those guys that's like, oh, no, don't put me on. But no, most times, girls don't do that. And you ever notice, and again, I'm sorry, this is what I'm going to close on, you know, girls on Instagram. Because you, you, you guys, some, some of y'all fucking make me laugh. Seriously. Uh, because then you guys, whenever you guys either post a picture or a video of a guy, you can't just say like, oh, you know, I had a great time out and about today, you know, you know, with, with, with a loved one, you always got to go, you know, Hey, went out to the, like, it's almost like you got to give a description in case anybody may ask, you know, too many questions It'd be like, Oh, Hey, went out to the city to go get lunch with my best friend, Robert have hashtag besties BFF. I'm like, why why do you have the label dude like he could have just like hey that could have been somebody you just met today for lunch like why do you have to go ahead and like specific label like oh yeah it's like oh you're having a great time with my cousin joe it's like b we get it we get it you didn't you don't have to sit over here and and have to feel you got a label dude like your potential suitors or your guy or whatever guys that might find you cute won't be like oh who the fuck is that dude and if they are then you got a question why the fuck those people on your list in the first place just saying if you haven't noticed that shit notice it the next time or if if you are growing you see yourself doing these things just ask yourself why am i doing those things like, like, seriously, why am I doing it? Because, again, like, the whole the whole Instagramming, like, in a club and at a restaurant or at a party, that shit's odd. Like, it's odd. Like I said, unless you're a party promoter or someone who, like, marketed the event and you want to show people why they should come, then that makes sense. But if you're somewhere enjoying the event, enjoy the fucking event. It's like people at concerts. And now I'm going to go ahead and make this less of a girls and the shit they do on Instagram. But, like, people's social media etiquette. Like, you go to a concert... I don't care to see your concert footage. You want to know why? Because your camera most likely sucks ass. The The house speakers should be loud enough to where you can barely hear the performance well already as it is recorded on your phone. So why even record it? Why even show where if the fucking, say for instance, the main stage is like here. Why go ahead and show like a clip of you all the way back here with your camera getting like some main celebrity da, 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 because you're there. Just enjoy the fucking performance. What do you think people have been doing for the hundreds of fucking years before cell phones were a thing? They enjoyed the performances. They told other people about the performances. That's the kind of cat that I am. I, I, I don't whenever it comes to live performances or events and things like that, I get I'm I'm into the event. I'm not into capturing the event. Like I said, unless it's like a form of commentary I'm making about the event, whether like somebody's doing some silly or dumb shit, or like again, I'm trying to help promote the event in some kind of way. 
doesn't make a lot of sense for you to be Instagramming on that shit. I'm just saying. Now I'm just fucking saying. That's it. So, otherwise, you know, I, I just feel like it was just interesting to go out and have that moment to speak about social media etiquette because social media has been on fucking fire as always because of all the fucking happenings going on in media now. But before we get into all of that, let's go ahead and get to one of my favorite topics to speak about. Sports. So the NFL draft happened, and I have to say that there actually are a lot of teams that are a lot better after the draft. This particular draft class, I think, was a lot more defensive heavy. Um, that's for folks who follow the NFL and American football. Uh, I think this draft was pretty good for a lot of like a D lineman, a lot of um, cornerbacks, and a lot of secondary, a lot of linebackers, if you will. Um, a couple of a couple of draft picks were a little well a little bit of a question mark and others were you know some kind of like straight head-ons like for example number one overall went the QB to the Cardinals uh, Kyler Murray now why this was such a big deal was that the Arizona Cardinals already drafted a quarterback in the first round last year so it's like why would you in back-to-back years in the top 10 pick two quarterbacks back-to-back I mean, it was all, it was highly speculated that he would go number one overall, but apparently, you know, it wasn't speculation. It was absolutely confirmed, and they wound up trading um, their former quarterback, uh, Josh Rosen, to the Miami Dolphins, which is fucking hilarious, because if you can recall when I did the episode, I said specifically, I feel bad for all the poor souls who, who go to Miami, but Miami had a fairly sound draft. They had some D linemen. They got themselves a quarterback via trade. They got them a couple of the pieces for the team. Overall, my division did good. My team did good. Um, well, my teams did good. The only thing, of course, I have to highlight, and I know some people will be like, you're always making a bunch of teams. Tough titties. I'm this isn't an NFL podcast, so I'm not gonna tell you break like breakdown, breakdown, like, oh, let me tell you about the Browns. I will say about the Browns. The Browns are a fucking cheat code right now. The Browns look like one of those teams that if you played the game NFL Madden or any sports game, the way that that team is com- is is just comprised of so many notable stars and up and coming rising players. It looks like some shit that somebody like set out to do years ago and just said, here's our evil master plan to make the Cleveland Browns one of the best teams ever. And right now that's how the Cleveland Browns look like on fucking paper. Like right now they look like a fucking powerhouse of a fucking team. So I just have to say right now, if I had to say a team that looks like a team to beat going into each year, I know everyone wants to say, who's the New England Patriots? Duh. Yeah, that's cute. But you got to you gotta accept the fact that Tom Brady's just old. And he's going to, and at any day now, he's either going to take the wrong hit or you're going to notice he's a little bit slower and not as accurate or doesn't have as much ball strength so or arm strength. So I don't know about strength of his balls. But I'm just saying, at some point, you know the decline of Brady is going to happen. I'm just saying the Browns look like one of those teams that are built right now to succeed for at least the next three to five years. The only problem is with having all those stars, you got to pay all those people. And typically in modern football, you typically can't pay all those people. But what you can do is you can trade them for either more picks to pick up high and get young generational talent, or you can go ahead and acquire other players to fill those roles at a bargain. So Browns, I think, fucking knocked out of the park. Um, As far as not knocking some shit out of the park, I want to say the fucking Giants might have... um, a bit of a controversy on their hands. I hate to say this, and this might be a speculation, even with me being a Giants fan, I gotta admit the truth on the matter, but I think the Giants might be kind of racist. 
I think they are literally the only team in the NFL to not have drafted a black quarterback. I think I think they are. I honestly think they might be one of, if not the only team to not have drafted a black QB. Because for some reason, there were so many prospective quarterbacks, and they got this guy, uh, Daniel Jones from Duke. And my understanding is Daniel Jones is like one of those guys that needs at least two years to possibly get better. Uh, Eli Manning is prob- is pretty much in his last fucking year as a New York Giants, so... It was a suspect pick, to say the very least. I mean, you have motherfuckers like Joe Button posting fucking videos of him, like, losing his shit from the Daniel Jones pick. I mean, granted, I saw it and was like, okay, huh. I thought we were going to get the black kid from Ohio State, uh, Haskins. But now Haskins wound up going to the Redskins, who's a, who are a direct divisional rival of the Giants and face them twice a year. So, you know, he's going to be pretty much looking to whip our ass twice a year. So that ought to be fucking fun. And then, of course, you know, rounding to my favorite teams, the New York Jets selected uh, Quentin Williams from Alabama, um, defensive lineman in the first round. Um, I personally wanted them to go on offense. I feel like I've watched the Jets draft fucking defense every fucking year for perpetuity, except for the two times they decided to get a quarterback. So I feel like this is just like another good piece on the D-line, but I feel like we still have potential areas that we might need to address. But what I do love about Dude is he literally, literally did the most bar shit ever by doing an interview and literally sneezing, blessing himself, and thanking himself at the same time. Like, look at this shit. I could not fucking believe how it happened. Like, <laughs> like, like, what, what the fuck? What the fuck is that? Like, it's like it's crazy to know. Like, like it, it was just one of those rare moments that was just like, you know what? Bless him. He seems like a pretty nice guy, high character dude. You know, young dude. B seems humble as fuck. Love the fact that he's just like some big kid with braces and shit. They call him Big Baby as a nickname because he's got like a baby face, like a like a young cat. So I'm just looking forward to the shit, man. Like I, I think it's gonna be gonna be another fun season of the uh, NFL and more, you know, craziness and shenanigans to look forward to. But craziness and shenanigans do, do not come close to describing the NBA playoffs right now. So I'll go ahead and try to be brief because, again, I know sports talk isn't necessarily at the top of most people's list. Um, the playoffs are definitely heating up. We're pretty much in, well into the second round now of the playoffs. Um, a lot of favorites, I guess, on both sides. Of course, in the West, a lot of people favor go- the Golden State Warriors, who are like back-to-back champions to go ahead and win another championship. I personally think that they will as well. I think that team just has too much talent to necessarily be beat because right now on that team, excuse me, they have like three stars if it isn't four stars if you're not getting your ass whipped by Stephen Curry then you're getting your ass whipped by Kevin Durant or you're getting your ass whipped by Klay Thompson or you're getting your ass whipped by Draymond Green it's just it's just too much talent on that roster it's just basically too big to fail so I think the Warriors are probably going to win yet another one and once they do they'll cement themselves as a a dynasty and I think then the team will then break up accordingly because that's how this shit happens a lot of speculations are that Kevin Durant might leave and most likely join my New York Knicks, we'll see. Klay Thompson is also rumored to possibly leave. 
And um yeah, um it had uh Boogie Cousins. Um yeah, Boogie Cousins. He's also um slated to possibly leave as well, which is probably for the best because he's not really healthy and they needed him down the stretch for this kind of series. So the fact that he's on a one year deal already, he's not showing that he can be healthy and he's got the right mindset for a champion caliber team, so he's probably gonna probably see himself go. I can see him going to the Trailblazers, who are making a pretty good run in the postseason right now. So we'll see. But what I do find to be particularly funny about the playoffs is that this is again a playoffs and, a, and ultimately a championship with no Le Biscuit. I'm fucking excited. I'm actually going to watch the finals this year. And I'm not going to watch it so I can see LeBron fail because I know people are like, oh, you're a fucking hater for wanting to see a man fail. I, I could have a whole podcast dedicated to why I don't like LeBron. And if people would want to see a podcast like that, let me know. Cause I will literally, I will, I will literally lay out a whole fucking roadmap, a whole fucking roadmap as to why LeBron is probably one of the most prolific, but also one of the most terrible players in modern basketball. But Beyond that, I'm excited to see what teams come out of it. Because I think out of the East right now, it I mean, granted, as much as I hate to admit as a New York sports fan, it could be Boston to represent the East in the finals. Or even, strangely enough, it could be the Milwaukee Bucks. Which I think it would be, I think it's honestly out of the, out of the East, it's either the Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks, or the Toronto Raptors. In no particular order. But I think those are the top three teams that are possibly slated to go to the championship. In the West, I feel like it's pretty much Golden State's, you know, Golden State's championship to lose. I don't think neither the Nuggets, you know, the Nuggets, uh, the Rockets, and I'm and which I'm gonna get to the asses in a second, you know, um the the Blazers, anybody in that conference are ready to take down Golden State. I just don't see it. Golden State would have to have a truly terrible, terrible series to fuck up this championship run. Like people would have to get injured. People would just have to have several bad nights. And then again, like I said, if of those four men, almost half of them, if not all of them would have to have bad games. And that very rare, that very rarely seldom happens. Like they lose as a unit. They do, but just not often, especially not in the postseason. So we'll fucking see. But what I love about the postseason is that the uh, Houston Rockets uh, found themselves actually putting together like these motherfuckers basically came up with a PowerPoint presentation as to why they feel that referees in the M- in the NBA favor the Golden State Warriors. That's such a bitch ass thing to do, honestly. Like it-, it would be one thing if they were like caught as cheating, like how the Patriots were caught cheating several times. That's different because the Patriots were red-handed i don't give a fuck what you say about tom brady and the beloved new england patriots who are loved by fucking some for whatever reason but they were caught fucking cheating on several occasions you can't you can't scratch that that's just factual evidence but what the rockets did was comprise their own like little science project to say this is why we feel that these amount of calls have been ignored by the officiating refs that's just such a bitch ass thing to do especially while you're in the playoffs like why would you do that to the referees i could see if they were already eliminated or or this was something during the offseason that they address but you're literally entering game two with the fucking warriors and you're saying oh well we feel like officiating you know like like the like the referees uh you know like the referees curry favor to the warriors I mean, first of all, James Harden's the star of the fucking Rockets. There are video montages on YouTube of him flopping, which is the equivalent of him just, like, faking like he got fouled so he can go to the free throw line. 
Like, that's a part of why I don't really like the NBA, because flopping is a part of the sport now. It's gone from motherfuckers who get hit in the elbow and they got to wear special masks to keep their fucking noses and and eye sockets in place, to now motherfuckers, you're talking 200 plus pounds, six, seven plus men are flailing at the, the smallest bit of contact. That's the shit that I don't like about the NBA. Truly, like, to an absolute science. So, Houston Rockets, James Harden, that's a bitch-ass move. Y'all are some bitch-asses, and I hope y'all get fucking swept, honestly, by, by Golden State. Because, seriously, that's 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 a real bitch-ass move. I can't respect it. But what I can respect, honestly, in the most smoothest of transition, is the motherfucking action that has gone down in media this week. Let's get into Live from the Internet. So, obviously, and this is where a lot of spoilers, here comes the warning, if you have not seen the latest episode of Game of Thrones, I feel like I want to go ahead and give my most brief and most succinct review of what I thought on this most recent episode, Um, was that The Longest Night, I think it was called, something along those lines, I mean, episode three, if you will, if you just want to make it simple for folks following episode three, season eight, uh, Game of Thrones, um, for people to say that they didn't like it, they didn't like the ending of it, they thought it was too dark, once again, y'all are some, y'all are some bitch-ass people, honestly. And you know what? I was going to go ahead and introduce it as far as the aggressors of the week. The aggressors of the week, the people who are truly aggressive, I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna label it. I'm going to label and announce a whole new segment called the aggressor of the week. Because I'm and I'm going to wait to do it at the end of this segment because there, there's just been a lot of bitch assness when it comes to a lot of things online. And I've just noticed that it's come from spe- specific people in the public eye, specific figures, all that sort of stuff. So that's going to be the segment of aggressor of the week. But regarding Game of Thrones, I thought the episode was fucking fantastic. It was one of the few instances in television where I literally felt anxiety as each moment went on because I'm like, holy shit, what is going on? There is so much happening all at once right now that I cannot even begin to believe or fathom whatever the fuck is happening right now on my screen. So I literally think it was probably one of the better moments in television. And that battle sequence was just ridiculous. Now, some people will bitch and moan and say, oh, it was too dark. First of all, motherfucker, take it from a hardcore gamer. I never keep my my brightness settings to whatever they tell you in a game. If you played a video game, you ever notice sometimes certain games will tell you, oh, um, adjust the slider to where you have like three different blocks. You have one that's supposed to not be seen, one that's barely visible, one that's clearly visible. Yeah, all three of them bitches are visible. I don't like shit to be so dark because it doesn't make fucking sense. So I don't know if that's the gamma settings or whatever it is, but that bitch is always adjusted. Fucking for real. So people complain they couldn't see it. Fix your whole ass television settings. How about that one? Because I saw it clearly. I saw it perfectly. Like I said, I was in a state of anxiety. I was like, holy shit, they're going to kill my boy the hound. What the fuck? No. The Hound act like a little bitch this episode, but he didn't die. At least I don't think he's going to die yet. I think it's going to come for the next episode or the next two episodes or uh, whatever is left at this point. So I just thought to myself, it was one of the better moments in like TV history. I mean, as far as what it did with the story, I mean, thank fucking God we finally have at least uh, 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 we have closure on the White Walker situation. 
Okay, how it happened, some people uh, pissed off. And again, you have this weird fucking movement online where it's like women just like, and, and a part of me, I understand maybe some of the frustration, but it's weird displays anger where people don't like to see a female protagonist like win in whatever capacity because they thought that, um, again, I've already said spoilers at the beginning of this. They thought that Arya killing the Night King was a bad cop out, that it should have been Jon Snow. First of all, it didn't have to fucking be Jon Snow. It's not like it's not like Jon Snow's journey was about becoming a warrior. Jon Snow's journey was about his identity. If you notice, the very get-go was all about him trying to get his identity in order. He was considered the bastard. He was the bastard's son. He was a snow. You know, then what did he wind up doing? He wound up going to the Night's Watch. He wound up then going through the rigors of the Night's Watch of being the Lord Commander. And then from there, then dying, then coming back. And then people wondering why he came back. And then everything leading up to him ultimately being revealed as a Targaryen. So Jon Snow's entire journey has been about his identity and purpose. His purpose was not to kill the night king Arya's purpose was about being a fucking warrior that has been from the get-go as soon as she pulled that fucking needle on joffrey at the riverbank that shit itself was the beginning that you saw this character was becoming a warrior every fucking character on this show has hard has had an arc to fulfill their purpose john's purpose was in the, the fucking defeat the night king i understand he was like he's like the dude at the forefront of shit but he didn't have to kill that man he didn't And as you saw, it wasn't fucking possible. It literally wasn't. It wasn't going to go down like that. I'm surprised he even survived that situation and was able to get the fuck out of there. Seriously. So he had a little bit of hero's fucking luck through there. But to see Arya do that shit in the fashion she did, this house fucking blew up. I'm just calling it for what it is. It was beautiful fucking television. If you don't like it, again, you're a hating ass bitch. You go ahead and fucking produce that long of a battle sequence with that budget and make it just as epic, if not more. Because people, I'm telling you, people people just kill me with their bitching. They just kill me with their fucking bitching. Just like how, and I'm, again, you know, I'm like rifling upon, like I said, a bigger segment. Because today... The Paramount released the live action trailer to Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, I mentioned before that, as I have continuously online, that I've been in a glass case of emotion since I saw Endgame last week, which I'm not, I'm not even going to get into Endgame this episode. I'm going to save that for Thursday because then that's a full week. And then yo ho asses, whoever is listening or viewing this, and I don't think you're ho asses. I think you're fantastic. Thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe. But uh, <laughs> you would have had a week. To see the movie. If you don't see the movie in a week, I'm sorry, but you're going to get flame. That's just what it is. So, um, Paramount released a live action trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog film. Now, it's starring Jim Carrey, James Marsden, a.k.a. Cyclops from the old X-Men films. And I'm not sure. I want to say Evan Peters might be doing the voice of Sonic. I could be wrong. Um, I mean, it's from the director of Fast and Furious. I'll put it to you this way. My hot take on it is it looks like a very interesting matinee movie. It looks like something you see on a random ass Wednesday afternoon when you ain't got shit else to do. You're near the fucking movie theater and you go, oh, I got an hour and a half until I go to lunch. Let me check out Sonic because you're talking to someone who... That was my first motherfucking video game experience was Sonic the Hedgehog and then Pac-Man and then Mario and then all the other games after. So as a diehard Sonic fan, 
I'm not gonna say it. It's like an abomination because I know there's been a lot of people that have been going hard about it. Like you know, like shout out to my boy Chris Lokes because I feel like Chris's job is just to go hard on shit and also tune into his podcast. Um, I I, I just didn't want to go hard on it because my thing is this: I understand that these companies produce these films to market to the to the consumer and you want to always cater to the consumer but we're also not taking into account that these companies have an idea of what they want to do with their brand and half the time it's not always just solely for the interest of the consumer i hate to break it to you but it's not if they have a sense of direction that's what they're intending to do so if they want sonic to be this furry motherfucker with green eyes creepy like claw like hands you know, these cheesy, like, 90s, like, one-liners and shit. He's hanging out with James Marsden. He's driving around in vehicles, even though he can travel faster than the fucking speed of sound and the speed of light, honestly, because speed of light's faster than the speed of sound. But either way, the fact that he can fucking travel this fucking fast, but yet he's still riding around in cars and shit, cool. It's like somebody, somebody said it. They were like, so this is basically like a Kangaroo Jack-style film, but just with Sonic. Guess what? A part of me, strangely, dramatic zoom-up, zoom in is here for it because it's escapism that's all it is my thing is it's not it's not a biopic it's not something that's supposed to culturally you know somehow document some point of history it's about a fictional fucking video game character get over yourselves dead ass seriously it is not that fucking deep the movie, it looks like it would be interesting. Now let's talk about Jim, let's talk about Jim Carrey as fucking Doctor Robotnik. Okay, he's not Doctor Robotnik. Let's just call that for what it is. He's Jim Carrey. He's just Jim Carrey posing as Doctor Robotnik. But that ain't Doctor Robotnik. He's not some big robust motherfucker who's always about science. Blah, 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 blah. No, it's basically Jim fucking Carrey with a bunch of gadgets being like Olaf. Right now, I feel like he's Count Olaf. But just with a bunch of gadgets and shit now. If you haven't seen Lemony Six Snickets, A Season of Fortunate Events, the movie, then you're fucking up. Because Jim Carrey is amazing in that. I think he's going to be amazing in this as um, Dr. Robotnik. Because, again, it's that, like, cheesy, 90s-fueled, nostalgic-like humor. And that's what Sonic was. He's such a throwback to the 90s. I don't expect him to have quips in the 2000s like we did with Shazam. Shazam felt like a young kid millennial movie with, like, the Fortnite references and all this other shit. Spoiler alert, uh, I guess. But, you know... I feel like the Sonic should have supposed to kind of be a little cheesy. Sonic was always a cheesy character. He wasn't some, like, super cool dude. No, he was kind of cheesy because he was upbeat, super positive, and just, eh, like, everything's so 90s. So, I don't mind it. And speaking of 90s, they had me fucked up when you have Gangster's Paradise in the fucking trailer. Because I'm like, why is Coolio's Gangster's Paradise in a Sonic the Hedgehog trailer? I, I-, I don't... I didn't know what to feel in that moment. I honestly didn't know what the fuck to feel. Only thing I knew is that I thought the trailer was interesting. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I forget when it comes out, but it's supposed to be coming out relatively soon. But I just think movies are just going to be in a very interesting place for a little while. Like, speaking of movies, um, for the month of May, since it's pretty much here, we're talking John Wick Chapter 3, which is absolutely a motherfucking day of see. Uh, must see. I don't know if that's like a 3D or IMAX thing. It's probably like an IMAX, but probably not 3D because there's nothing really 3D about John Wick, really. So you're talking about 
um, John Wick, IMAX, Detective Pikachu, call it for what it is. Again, 90s nostalgia. That's what a lot of these companies are banking on right now. They're not dumb. They know millennials my age now are much older. We kind of have disposable income because we don't invest a lot in assets. And trust me, I'm not going to go ahead and go through this whole big soci, you know, socioeconomic you know, conversation, whatever the case may be. I'm just going to go ahead and just say that they know what they're doing, marketing and licensing these old ass fucking properties. That's it. So Detective Pikachu is another one of those things that, hey, I'll see it. Somebody's little kids will want to see it. It's got Ryan Reynolds in it. It's going to be some silly shit to see. Now, that's a probably IMAX 3D feature right there. I don't know if that's a day of maybe the weekend of just because you know i'm i'm at to talk about it just because plus there's a bunch of pokemon in it that are from the new school that i'm like i don't know what the fuck that is but you know should be interesting to see and then of course again 90s nostalgia taking you there live action aladdin now i initially was among the many that dunked on that shit but again i too realized that it's not that deep it's not that deep. We're, we're, we're not we're not talking about like a fucking biography about Barack Obama played by Will Smith, even though that would probably be interesting as fuck. But I'm just saying it's not so deep that it has to be so serious and factual and play it by the book. No, it's fucking live action Aladdin. Like, that's it. Disney realizes, cool, we're going to go ahead and cash in on all this nostalgia because these are properties we want to see what works, what we can make a series out of. Again, millennials are getting old now. Motherfuckers getting older now. Cool. Time to go ahead and do that. You fucking, you Gen Z motherfuckers. Y'all knew about this shit while y'all were kids as well. Get in on it. And then you little I generation babies and shit. They'll be in on it as well. I'm like, oh, I remember seeing a live action Aladdin movie. So... They know what they're doing from a marketing standpoint. For me, the more I look at the latest trailer of it, it's basically Hitch with fucking Genie and Aladdin. Basically is what it looks like. So I just think it's going to be an interesting thing to see. I mean, the musical numbers are going to be obviously cheesy, whatever the case may be. But fuck it. Let's, let's just, again, I just look at it like you got to give things a chance before you absolutely dunk on them. So, you know. That's it. Like I said, like I say, people, this is escapism at its finest. You know, the world is so serious. Everybody's got day to day stuff they got to do and things that they go through. So you can't dunk and shit on some escapism. It's good for you. It's good for you. Enjoy yourself. So um, speaking of what's good for you and some escapism, let me go and speak very briefly um, about the last segment, of course, that's near and dearest to me. And that being gaming. So speaking of more escapism again, um, I recently decided to go ahead and check out this game, uh, World War Z. Now I'm late to the party because this came out in the middle of April, I believe the 16th. And I gotta say, it's a really good fucking game. It's a really good fucking game. First of all, it, if you've, if you've ever played the Left 4 Dead series, which is like an Xbox exclusive, when I like to say is literally the only franchise that would ever get me back on an Xbox itself, this is like almost a spiritual successor for uh, Left 4 Dead. I believe it either is a direct relation to the company Valve that used to make the game. I'm not sure. But when I say it's literally down to the T, meaning like, you know, I know this game, they have like certain classes of zombies that are like special zombies. You know, it's the whole 
four man survival teams and you got health packs you got weapons you can find in the real world and you're taking out hordes of zombies running at you at a time so it's like true zombie survival horror but then not even horror it's just like a zombie survival game because it doesn't feel like horror except for the moments that you like going for a fucking ride on the inclines like robert frank would say when this big bull motherfucking picks your ass motherfucker charges at you do 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 Pick your ass up, hold you like, like, hold you like fucking newborn Simba, like a little bitch, drops you and keeps slamming you into the fucking ground. It is the funniest fucking thing I've seen in a game in a while. And again, my Dead had that in a fucking charger. It had a big ass zombie that would like run real fast to you, pick you up, and then drop you and just keep fucking you up on the ground. Just like they had something called a hunter, and they've got one called a lurker. Just like they had a smoker that would uh, spit like a sludge on you. They've got one now with these uh, bio, with these gasser guys. So it is literally a spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead. And it's fun as fuck. It's got online. It's got local co-op. Again, four-man teams. You got an assortment of guns. You got a couple of maps. And it's only $40. So I'm just saying, it's one of those games that's fun as shit. You know, it's kind of mindless fun, if you will. And I just think people will find it dope. Like I said, I found it dope so far. And, you know, I it's definitely one of those things I look forward to. Just like I can say the next game I'll probably look forward to after this will probably be, you know, coming, you know, next month in June. So, I, like I said, it was a great time. And like I said, it's my own little bit of escapism, if you will. So, what I want to go ahead and say now in closing again is the next segment that I want to go ahead and include very briefly. And it doesn't have an intro left yet. So, I'll just go ahead and put a title and I'll call it the Aggressor of the Week. So the aggressor of the week is officially going to be something that's open for viewer, listener, and, you know, viewer and listener input to say, who do you think is the aggressor of the week based on who may be in popular media, the news, or anybody in a relative segment mentioned? For me, honestly, this week, I'm going to gut and crown the aggressor of the week for week zero of the podcast for this. I'm going to say the internet. And I'm saying the internet for several reasons as to why the internet are the aggressor of the week. You motherfuckers have been going hard for a lot of shit. A lot of shit. I feel like if you were a part of the nerd community and you knew all that was coming out this month, you knew what the stakes were in April and the stakes were high. You knew Game of Thrones was coming. You knew Shazam was coming. You knew Endgame was coming. You knew these things were coming and they were going to either be loaded with spoilers or loaded with either high, low, or moderate expectations. But somehow, some way, the internet finds a way to fuck that up. If you go to any comment section now, you will literally find it chock full of fucking spoilers for Endgame, chock full of spoilers for Game of Thrones, or people just shitting on things because they just find themselves finding a need to constantly have to shit on something. Why so fucking aggressive? Seriously. My biggest thing is, I don't understand why you gotta go ahead and ruin some shit for somebody. Just let people enjoy their shit. It's like, it's like when Kingdom Hearts... Three came out early this early this fucking year and i said i didn't give a fuck but i said again even though i didn't give a fuck about it i knew there were a a big segment of people that did give a fuck about that game because kingdom hearts 3 is currently the best-selling game of the year and it'll probably wind up being game of the year just because of the hype but even though i don't feel like it deserves to be game of the year that's fine it would just be super aggressive to me to say, fuck that game in its mouth. And anyone who bought it is a piece of shit ass game. You fucking motherfuckers need to grow the fuck up. Fuck Goofy and and Sora. You know, it's like, but no, I'm not doing that. 
You Keyblade Warriors can go ahead and enjoy yourselves. Because that's what happens when you're mature and you just let people have their things and enjoy them. But the internet doesn't do that. The internet has to tell you in the comment section how this person dies in this, how this person killed that person on that, how this person didn't deserve to survive this, this, and this. Yo, just let people enjoy the things they like. Point blank period. So the internet is the fucking aggressor of the week. And again, I can be kind of bunched into that because my own admission into that, and I'm a part of the internet pretty much as well, is on Overwatch. I play Overwatch competitive mode on PS4. You fuck up the match for me and my team. I literally will tell my team, my teammates who haven't seen Infinity War, lead a chat. Because I'm going to tell this motherfucker right now, hey, dickhead, you know, blah, 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 dies in the end, right? Yeah, have a good fucking day. Aggressive. I know. I know. But again, byproduct of the internet. Can't help it. So on that note, I'd like to go ahead and say thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Bombastic Podcast. Also, a quick shout out before I go ahead and leave out. Thank you so much for all the folks who have checked out my most recent music video, uh, Nerds Cry, which itself was an Avengers in-game Amigo Stir Fry parody. Um, I love the feedback that I've gotten thus far. I'm trying to go ahead and continue to get this shit on and popping. I want it to be viral. I want people to see this shit, think it's dope. It's a completely clean song. Spoiler for free if you want some feedback from it i'll give the feedback on thursday regarding it because like i said i feel like that's going to be everything like thursday is just going to be a very in-game based fucking podcast itself so brace yourself for those who have or have not seen it because thursday is going down so Thank you again. You can check that um, check that link to see the video in full. That single is available everywhere in which you tune into your singles. So uh, t- tune into your music and your music singles. So iTunes, Apple Play, Google Play, uh, Spotify, you know, all over on the Internet. When you got to look up nerds cry two words so once again thank you guys for your feedback on that and thank you for tuning in to this uh, weekly podcast once again i'm your host imani wilson so take a moment to go ahead and feel free to subscribe to this podcast and click the notification bell for updates on this bi-weekly podcast got a couple surprises coming for you this week so stay tuned i'll see you soon we out